Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your presence with us tonight. That you gather us here to this place. That we can stand under your word. That we receive you in the Holy Eucharist. What a great privilege that is, Lord, that we can gather like this in your name. We gather, Lord, to humbly listen to you. And we praise your name. Amen. So you heard there, didn't you, where Jesus sent them out to certainly proclaim the good news, but to baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Do you remember when you were baptized? Oh, what a shame. <laughs> but you can be sure that water was poured on your forehead, and the priest said, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There's more dramatic ways of doing it. We did it here at Easter time with Amir down there. We had him come out and he stood in a pool. And I had three buckets. Red buckets, mind you. All full of water. Previously blessed. And then I said, Amir, I baptize you and one bucket in the name of the Father. All over him, right? And then another bucket in the name of the Son. Another bucket, the name of the Holy Spirit. So he got fully immersed, huh? In Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that's how it's meant to be with us, of course, that we're meant to be immersed in the life of God, huh? In the early church, they did it even more dramatically. I wish we had one here, but they had a big pool, and you go down some steps into the pool, and uh, the priest would stand in there with you, and then uh, he'd get wet as well, and then he'd just plunge you down under the water, huh? In the name of the Father, come up, in the name of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, and the breath of the Spirit, huh? So, uh, this is uh, the way we're meant to experience it. We're immersed. That's what baptism means, to be immersed in God, huh? To have the indwelling presence of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So tonight, after the Mass, some people are going to have the opportunity to be prayed with for the Holy Spirit to be released more fully in their life. And what that is, it's a big wake-up, as it were, to become much more aware than we have been to this point of the indwelling presence of God. That we have been claimed already by God as His very own. And He loves us intensely, and he wants us to really experience that love even more fully, even more deeply than we have in the past. Because he wants us to know what was proclaimed in the second reading today, when Paul says, the spirit that you received is not the spirit of slaves, uh, bringing fear into your lives again, but the spirit of sons, the spirit of daughters, you know, by which you're able to call God Abba, Father. That's it, that we are sons and daughters of God. Did you know that? Well, you need to know it more deeply. So tell, tell the person next to you, you are a son or you are a daughter of God, huh? And mean it, huh? Hallelujah. Okay. And that's the truth. And that's the truth that we must stand on. It says in 1 John, think of the love that the Father has lavished on us by calling us God's children. 
He calls you his son. He calls you his daughter. And so he's got your back. You know, he's not, not going to let you loose unless you choose to go loose. He's with you. You know, the Spirit of God is there to move and direct and guide your life. You live in the Son of God. You have a loving Father who's doting on you at all times, really. Now you think of all the religions in the world, and there's thousands of them, and, and they're all slavishly offering sacrifice to the deity to sort of somehow appease the deity's anger. Or they're, they're trying to do a code of conduct of one kind or another that's going to make them in the good books with the deity. That's not how it is with us. Whether you're good or not, God loves you. He calls you his son, his daughter. From all eternity he's chosen you to be his very own. So he comes to us. We don't have to prove ourselves to God. No human being does. It's a fallacy when we think we have to prove ourselves to God and somehow to win his favour to come down upon us. No, he has chosen to come. He looks upon you all the time and says, oh, There's my precious one. The one with the beautiful smile. That one. That he's looking upon you with great love and delighting in you. This is our God. No, it's a beautiful thing. When I first received this gift of the Spirit in a new and deeper way in my life, the first revelation that I had was, of course, of Jesus. Jesus and his, his beauty and his majesty as the risen Lord, and Jesus and his love given for me in the, in the, blessed, in, in the blessed sacrament, but also given for me on the cross when he died for me. All of that was opened up in a new way. I began to see Jesus. But the more I began to see Jesus, the more he began to open up to me the truth of the Father. I began to experience God as my Father in a whole new way. So the Spirit does that within us, you know. We have to call God Abba, Daddy. You know, in the first reading, it talked about God as the mighty, extraordinary God who holds all things in existence and the whole world in His hands, and it's so true. But then when you come to the New Testament, when you come to Jesus, He came to reveal to us that God, who is almighty and splendid and magnificent and holds the whole world and the whole universe in existence, that God has come through Jesus to call each one of us into relationship with him. An intimate, close, personal relationship. That word other, the image you've got to have is a Palestinian father who dotes over his little son He's got him on his shoulder, he's throwing him up in the air, he's hugging him, he's kissing him. That's the Abba. That's your father. You know, it's different, isn't it? There's a beautiful book written by a woman named Bilquis Sheik, and it was called I Dared to Call Him Father. She was a high-born Pakistani Islamic woman, who wasn't all that committed to her Islamic faith, but had grown up in it. 
And she had a lot of servants in there, and they were Christian servants. And she started to have these dreams that she identified as a, as a Christian dream, as a Jesus figure in her dreams. That oftentimes happens, by the way, with Muslim people. We're finding more and more around the world they're having dreams of Jesus. And, and so that's what she was having. And, and she got intrigued by it, and she asked one of her Christian servants for a Bible. And so she started reading the Bible. And it started to sort of like move her heart. And, and so then what happened is that one of the servants got sick, and she took the servant to the best hospital in town, which was a Catholic hospital, run by Catholic sisters. And so she's sitting there reading the book, and she was a well-known woman, and one of the nuns came up and said, Oh, Bilkus, you're reading the Bible. And she said, Yes, I want to know something about your God. Can you tell me, how can I come to know your God? And the nun must have had just a moment of uh, uh, inspiration. Because she said, Bilkus, it's just like this. When you go home, just be in your solitude, and, and just sit down and, and just imagine that you are sitting on your father's knee and speak to God that way. It turned out that Bilkis' father had died, but he, she had a beautiful relationship with her dad. And so she did it. She went home and she just sort of imagined herself sitting on her, her father's knee. And she said, that's what I did. And I just called, began to call him Papa, Papa, as she used to do. She just had this immense warmth come over her whole body. She began to experience the love of God the Father, which she'd never experienced. She knew Allah, the mighty Allah, the Jabal before, so many times a day, but she hadn't come to know the Father, God as Abba, Daddy. And now she was just consumed with this love for Him, and it opened up her heart. She began to realize that she is a true daughter of God. And that was her journey then into Christianity. She had to leave Pakistan because her life was under threat because of that. Listen to this beautiful Jesus came to, the, to bring us the Father. It's a, it's a wonderful, and it's an immense gift to us. And we celebrate it today on Trinity Sunday. And, we, and, and it's a very appropriate that we pray for the Holy Spirit on this day too. So the Spirit can come into your life and may convince you ever more deeply that you are a son or you are a daughter of God and that he has chosen you to be his very own and, and he loves you. You know, in my own life, what happened is that as Jesus began to show me the Father under the influence of the Holy Spirit, like there was an obstacle and that was because I'd had a pretty rough relationship with my earthly dad. He died early, and I'd never had time to reconcile with him. And, and so it was just one of those things in my heart where I, I just couldn't conceive of God too well as a father because of that. And then what happened is that the Holy Spirit began to heal that wound within me. And I began to experience in a whole new way just being lifted up by Father God. You know, like a, a father will lift a child against his cheek. As it says in Hosea 11, God has spoken of his 
uh, as a father lifts a child tenderly against his cheek, so that if I stoop down to you, Israel, and lift you up to myself. And that's how I began to experience the father. And it was just such a release inside of me of love that I hadn't experienced before as I came into that rich experience that Jesus came to reveal to us. Now it says in, in John's Gospel, it says, No one can know the Father except the Son who is nearest to the Father's heart, who has come to reveal him to us. So the Son who is with the Father for all eternity has now come to reveal the Father and his love for each one of us. This is so beautiful, isn't it? And at the end of John's Gospel, as Jesus is praying to the Father for each one of us, he says, Father, that they may come to know, and I've taught them who you are, he says, so that they may know the love with which you love me. That's what Jesus wants. The love that the Father has for him for all eternity in the Trinity, this love he wants us to experience here, deep inside the, the tummy, as it were, deep inside who you are as a person. So you become fully who you are because we're not fully who we are until we know that we're sons and daughters of the Father. And we live our lives out of that sonship, out of that daughtership. We know who we are. You know, and, and all fear is driven out of us at that point. You know, it's the perfect love of God. Yes, we're meant to go out, as it says in the Gospel, we're meant to go out and preach the Gospel. But look, honestly, that's hard to do today. It's such a hostile world. There's so many opponents to the Christian message. There's so many people who actually hate Catholics. It's extraordinary. That's the, the environment that we're living in. But you see, when we know the Father's love within us, then all his perfect love drives out all fear. And it enables me to be a witness of that love to others in a world that needs it so desperately and not to be afraid at all. Now, Catherine of Siena said it beautifully, didn't she? Become who you are. That's become a son or a daughter of God. Become who you are and you'll set the world on fire. Huh? On fire with God's love. So that's what tonight we're praying for is that each one of us will come to experience more deeply this mystery of the Father's love. Brought to us in Jesus, who died on the cross for our sake, now risen. This same Christ lives within you and me. And he opens up this beautiful gift of love for each one of us. Let's soak up that love tonight and let it sort of melt our hearts. Because sometimes there's been a hardness of heart there. Many today have had the opportunity of going to the Sacrament of Reconciliation, and last week too where the heart can just be broken open in repentance and then we turn to the Lord with faith in Him and trust Him. You know, previously uh, I was afraid, I was afraid of God because I didn't think I was good enough. A lot of people feel that, don't they? They feel they're not good enough. And so I felt I had to perform to get you know, the highest mark, as it were, with God so that I could get his approval. Something of that was in my heart. But when the Spirit comes, as he will to us tonight, I discover that he loves me just as I am. And I can't do anything to make him love me anymore because he loves me intensely already. 
I can't do anything to make him love me any less either. He simply loves me. And the big revelation for me was, it's not what I do that matters to the Lord. It's who I am. And who he has made me to be. A son of God. A daughter of God. He's made us for himself. How beautiful this is when we understand it. And the other thing that I had to overcome was I, I felt that my many sins that I've committed over the years made me unacceptable to God. That he couldn't possibly accept me. But then I had the revelation that I am totally acceptable to God and I always have been from the moment of my conception totally acceptable to him. Sure, my behaviour hasn't been acceptable at times. But I am. And you are too. You are totally acceptable to him. No matter what you're holding inside yourself, uh, a thing that you might have done that you feel terribly ashamed of, he finds you acceptable. That's why he hung on the cross for you. He gave himself completely. He shed the last drop of his blood for you. You are totally acceptable to him. And yes, he gives you the power to change unacceptable behaviour. So tonight's the night to say yes. Yes to the big grace. Yes to the big grace of being released in, the, in your baptism. To have the Holy Spirit moving more strongly within your life. Yes, not to hold back in any way from God. Sometimes we can be frightened of being prayed over for the Holy Spirit. Because uh, we think he might change me or something into a different person. No. What he'll do is bring your beautiful self to perfection. He'll bring your beautiful self, which has been somewhat tarnished maybe by life and life's experiences, he'll bring it to completion, to full blossoming. He'll recreate you. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He recreates us, makes us new in ourselves to be who we really were always meant to be in God's perfect plan. But sometimes it got messed up along the way. So when you say yes, any yes to God's love is a yes to yourself. It's a yes to who you are as a son or a daughter of God. That's what we want to affirm. I'm a son, I'm a daughter of God. I believe in his love for me. We are the people who put our faith in God's love for us. That's the answer, huh? Some people, of course, are afraid that they'll be overlooked. Some or other, that there's other people more holy or something like that. No, you are the apple of his eye. And he has his eye upon you now. And sees your inner beauty. That sometimes you've got out of touch with because of the tarnishing of your sin. But he gazes upon you, and he loves you, and wants to make you fully his, so that you can shine as a son and a daughter of God. So you can shine as a brother of Jesus, as someone who lives in Christ. He wants you to shine with his light through the Spirit given to you. Sometimes people can be afraid too that... Um, well, he might ask me to do something I don't want to do. 
Well, I can assure you that he will lead you forth, yes. If you give your life over to the Holy Spirit's action, yes, he will take you forward. But there will always be to the best for you. The best plan for, of God for your life will be fulfilled the more you surrender and give yourself over to the work of the Spirit. Allow Him to have His way with you. So tonight then, after the Mass, as we're praying for those who are wanting to be received this big grace of, the, of being immersed in the Holy Spirit, just have a heart of yes to God. And ask Him. Jesus says, ask and you'll receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door shall be opened to you. What son or daughter among you would ask, you know, ask for bread to be given to stone? But from a father who loves. He loves you. So don't be afraid that sort of you ask for a fish as it were, you get a scorpion. No. He, he, when you ask, you receive good things. And, and Jesus says, and how much more will those who ask for the Holy Spirit receive this gift from the Father. So let's be open to that. Huh? Let us say a brief prayer right now then. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your most love, for your love for each one of us, Lord. Thank you that you desire each one here to receive more deeply your presence in our lives. Come, dwell more deeply within us. We want to know you, Lord. We want to love you, Lord. We want to discover that love that you have for each one of us. Thank you, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit of love, with your deep fire. Fire each one of us in a new way. Come, Holy Spirit, with your truth. Enlighten our minds with the truth. Because we're searching to know. We want to know these things. We can only know them by your Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, comfort and bring healing to our hearts where we most need to be healed. Come, Holy Spirit, strengthen us and give us courage because we're so frightened sometimes to be witnesses in today's world. We don't know what to say, we don't know how to present ourselves. We're made to feel stupid and idiots at times. Oh, come, give us courage, give us strength that we may be peaceful witnesses of who you are in today's world. Thank you, Spirit of the living God. We place ourselves in your loving hands. We trust ourselves over to you. And by the Spirit within us, we're able to say, Abba, Father. Jesus, teach us tonight to be able to say, Our Father. Thank you, Lord.